listener production. Polio cases are on the rise. Here's what you need to know. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Polio virus has turned up in wastewater in the United States, the UK, and Israel. This has authorities rattled as the incredibly debilitating disease was thought to be fully eradicated in these countries. Today, I talk to Cosmos Magazine journalist Matthew Aegis about the re-emergence of polio, how it's back, and if we're in store for an Australian outbreak. So Matt, this is unexpected, at least from where I'm sitting. We're seeing polio cases rise in a few countries where it was previously thought to be gone forever. Has this come out of the blue for a lot of people? I mean, scientists included? Yeah, it's a good question. And with the COVID-19 pandemic and now monkeypox outbreaks, I don't think people were necessarily anticipating or wanting another infectious disease coming back. And I reckon even if you were to ask people what they thought the next infectious disease of concern would be, polio would probably be a long way down the list. Yeah, for sure. And that's because for a long time, it's been officially eradicated in most parts of the world, thanks to strong immunization programs where in most countries, it's a three to four injection schedule. Here in Australia, you usually get them as a baby and then a final at four years of age. These are very effective vaccines. They are 99% effective in preventing someone from catching polio. And programs like this have run across the world for over three decades. They're crucial as there is no cure for polio. It's all about prevention. So yeah, now cases are on the rise in some countries and that might come as a bit of a shock to some of us, especially as polio is a scary, debilitating disease. Okay, let's take a closer look at polio. What can you tell us about it? So poliomyelitis, which is the technical scientific name for polio, is caused by the polio virus. And like other viruses such as SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19, it can mutate and change over time as it replicates itself. It's transmitted from person to person and it's most often spread from poor hygiene. So things like poor hand washing or ingestion of food or water that is contaminated with feces. Initially, the virus may infect the throat, but then it enters the digestive system where it replicates in the gut and is shed eventually in the feces for at least six weeks. Right. It's worth pointing out that nine in 10 people infected with polio, though, will be asymptomatic and recover. Some have nothing more than a fever or sore throat, but it's when the virus gets into the spinal cord that the most severe symptom can occur, and that's paralysis. And Maybe the most famous case you'd be able to think of when it comes to paralysis from from polio is um, FDR. So the American president during World War II famously had a case of polio and and was wheelchair-bound. So certainly it is a very debilitating disease. Okay, so let's look at these latest polio outbreaks, Matt. What is going on here? I think the first thing to note here is that there are different types of polio. There are three types. Types two and three have been globally eradicated for some time, but type one still exists. It's called wild poliovirus type one and remains active only in Pakistan and Afghanistan. Now, traveling to or from these places 
does carry the risk of transmitting type 1 polio. So it's easy to assume that wild polio has hitched a ride to places like the US, UK or Israel where we're starting to see it maybe emerge. But this isn't what authorities are finding. And it's actually a different type of polio altogether. It's a vaccine-derived form of polio that we're starting to see emerge. Vaccine-derived? So what does that mean exactly? Now, with polio, there are two different types of vaccines used. One is given orally and one is injected. The one that's injected contains an inactive form of all three strains of polio virus, and this triggers an immune response which forms antibodies in the blood. And as mentioned before, it's an excellent immune response. Right. And then there's the oral vaccine, which contains a live virus. A live virus? Okay, you need to clarify some things for me, because from my understanding, most vaccines would have a dead form of the virus in it, definitely not a live virus. Yeah, and I guess that's what, you know, when you're a kid, you're told it's a dead form of the virus and your body learns how to kill off a, a dead version so that if you ever come across the live version, it knows what to do. Yeah. So it is an active form of the virus, but it's attenuated which means that it's a muted form that is able to replicate quite effectively in the gut and elicit an immune response there. But it's about 10,000 times less likely to get into a person's nervous system compared to the wild virus. So right. yes, it's a, it's a live form of the virus, but it's basically a version that has been downgraded to a, mm -hmm. a level that it can still do what a virus does, but not in a way that is likely to cause harm to a person. Sure. But at the end of the day, it is these oral vaccines that are likely behind these new cases that we're starting to see emerge in places like the US. And as we've been talking about, Sophie, because these oral vaccines don't contain a deactivated form of the virus, the virus is live if neutered somewhat, the mutations that occur naturally as it replicates in your gut can eventually build the potency of the virus back up, not to wild virus levels necessarily, but to a level that might be approaching that. Okay. The really important thing here is that for people who have completed their polio vaccination program, so either a full schedule of injected or oral vaccine doses, it poses as close to zero threat as you can get. You're basically immune for life. And in many developed countries today, there's over 90% polio vaccine coverage for children born after the year 2000. But if a person isn't fully vaccinated or vaccinated at all, you could pick up this circulating vaccine-derived polio virus. And that's where the risk of paralysis goes up for those people. And it's this form of polio that occurs in populations primarily in the developed world where polio vaccine coverage is low. Right. And so this is what we're seeing when it comes to these outbreaks. I mean, so in the US, UK and Israel, that it's mostly unvaccinated people. Correct. So at the moment, we're really only seeing cases emerge in New York State. So let's take that, for example, the first case of polio reported in July this year following wastewater surveillance was the first in the United States in around a decade. And it's detected in wastewater because after someone receives a dose of the oral vaccine, which we know is active in the gut, or they get the virus itself, they excrete the virus in their stool for several weeks. Now, across the United States, polio vaccination is quite high. But looking 
towards US vaccine resistant communities, some immunization rates are lower than four in 10 people. Wow. And that's where we're starting to see some of these cases emerge. So, in response, the New York governor declared a state of emergency, which is allowing that state to mobilize more health services to get people vaccinated. And other countries where it's being detected in wastewater, not necessarily cases, but we found the virus in wastewater are taking steps to get more jabs into the arms of children to help curb the spread if there is any going on before it gets worse. And an example here is the UK, which has started a campaign to get unvaccinated children vaccinated. Let's bring it back home now. What's the likelihood of a vaccine-derived polio outbreak here in Australia? The short answer is that it's pretty unlikely. In Australia, we have very high rates of polio vaccination. Estimates put it at between 80 to 85% of the Australian population in total being vaccinated against polio. And it's even higher among children born in the last 20 years. However, there are some parts of Australia with comparatively low vaccination rates, such as the Richmond Valley in New South Wales and north of Brisbane in Queensland. Interestingly, though, and this is a little tangential to what's happening with polio, but earlier this year, there were two diphtheria cases reported in children for the first time since 1992 in parts of northern New South Wales. That region of New South Wales has the lowest level of fully immunised people under five years of age. And look, I'm not suggesting that there is a diphtheria outbreak in the same way that we've seen in these pockets of polio, but it does highlight that vaccine hesitancy still occurs in some parts of Australia and clearly, given polio, some parts of the world. I think that's a really important point to make, Matt especially during COVID, you know, there was a whole lot of debate about vaccinations and some people hesitant to get vaccinated altogether. Has what we saw during COVID bled into this conversation about other diseases and not getting vaccinated against them at all? You know, it's a fair point in that, you know, there's a lot of attention given to anti-vax people or communities. But to be honest, I don't think so, because 95% of Australia's population has had the sort of initial course of COVID-19 vaccination, so the first two doses. When it comes to the full schedule of the immunisation program nationally, over nine in 10 children have completed that schedule. So these are very high rates and parents, generally speaking, are therefore clearly, I would say, on board to getting them vaccinated. Ultimately though, as we've seen with COVID-19, it's a disease that kills. With polio, it's a disease that can cause paralysis. So the benefit of being vaccinated and immunised, which any health professional will tell you, is very potent, very important, and could ultimately protect you from debilitating symptoms or ultimately death in some disease cases. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com, including the article this episode was based on. That article is called, Is Polio Back? Here's What You Need to Know. If you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If that's Apple, Spotify, wherever, just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Carla Arnold. 
I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.